This week on TSR, reading and writing. Space travel is still dangerous. Where would you drop an F-bomb in Star Wars? And we discuss problematic faves. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Welcome back to TSR. Two in a week. How about that? Woohoo! Go us. I mean, we're supposed to do one every week. So. I know, so we're making up for a week we missed. We love you, listeners. We didn't miss a week. We were just a couple days late. Yes. Which but means you get two this week. We're on schedule now. Which unfortunately means this episode will probably be a little shorter because we blew all the news already. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. Don't it's worry. fine. Thank Hi, Nancy. You. Hi, Brian. This is episode 199, by the way. What are we going to do for episode 200? We have to do some sort of retrospective extravaganza. Do we want to do a retrospective, a clip show, or some other gimmick? Okay, if we do a clip show, you're the one who has to edit yeah, it. Yeah, I know, so I don't want to do a clip show. How about listeners? If there's a moment from a show that you can remember, even if you can just remember what episode it was from, tell us. And we'll uh, try to find it and splice it in. Of course, we have way more than 200 TSR recordings. These are just the numbered episodes. We do. So it can be anything. Yeah. So, yeah. 200. We can we can do our own retrospective. Like, what are our favorite episodes? We can. That'd be fun. We All should. Right. I guess. <sighs> Did you ever think we'd get to 200 when we started this back in, oh, was it 2012? Yep. Oh. No, because I thought there would be nothing to talk about with Star Wars in a few years. <laughs> uh, then, little did we know. Little did we know. So, yeah. Uh, just be careful if you start your own podcast. You might wind up marrying the person you're doing it with and be 200 episodes in this is, six years on. This is These are true facts. <laughs> it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous gambit. It is. What you been up to, Nancy? Uh, I finished the Murderbot series by Martha Walls. It is a series of four novellas, uh, started last year with All Systems Red, and the, uh, other three are Rogue Protocol, Artificial Condition, and Exit Strategy, and they are great. I really enjoy them. Murderbot is a wonderful character. It is, it is a robot that has hacked its governor module and is trying to figure out what it wants to be. Um, it really just wants to be left alone and watch media. Um, it's very relatable. Oh, so relatable. So relatable. But I very much enjoyed it. I recommend everyone to read it. I, When I have time, I'll go back and read all four of them in a row. And then uh, there's going to be a Murderbot novel coming out. I think in 2020? I can't remember if it's 2019 or 2020, but uh, I think 2020. So that's exciting. Um, and since I finished Exit Strategy, I was able to start The Consuming Fire, which came out on Tuesday, John Scalzi's new novel, uh, part two in the Interdependency series. The first one, The Collapsing Empire, came out last April, and I adored it. 
And I'm super excited to read the second one. And from everything I've read and seen on Twitter, it is uh, better than the first one. And the climax is incredible. So I'm about four chapters in, I believe, and um, am liking it a lot. I just got to uh, Kiva's first chapter, uh, which is exciting because Kiva is one of the best characters in the series she says the f word a lot kiva is pretty great yes and you read the first book i did i loved the first book it ended on a cliffhanger that made me want to throw things at john scalzi but i loved it yep uh, apparently this one is just as bad so yay and you started it too right I did, yes. Um, partway through the prologue, I haven't had too much time to read yet, but I'm planning on reading more of it this weekend. Yes, uh, the that's the best part about buying digital ebooks is that we can read books at the same time. They don't have, we don't have to wait for one of us to finish. <laughs> that is really nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's about it. I got an Apple Watch. You did. Well, you got one last week. Did I talk about it on TSR? I, I can't remember. I don't, I don't think, think so. I did. I got an Apple. About- I got an Apple Watch. It's pretty great. Who bought it for you? Uh, you and my family bought it for me for my birthday. What birthday, Brian? It was my thirtieth birthday. You're a baby. <laughs> You're a child. I turn. Yes, I turned thirty last week. We're finally in the same decade for mm-hmm. two more years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy it. It's a great device. Um, the fitness tracking element to it is fantastic. Uh, it's an indulgent piece of tech, but a very fun piece of tech. And what are your favorite things about it so far? Uh, the fact that I can take a, a speakerphone call on it, and it's like a communicator from Power Rangers. Oh my god, that's oh my god. That's the most me answer possible, though. It really is. I am what I am. You are what you are <laughs> um other than that it's been watching some sports i uh, did a tashi station brew house uh on tuesday with uh heath williams uh, guesting we made a justice for zuvio saison of course of course we did and i'm gonna be brewing another beer later today what brewery beer are you gonna be brewing i can't remember what the pack is it's not the one of the cups it's not one of the custom ones um oh, did you Brew the Bigs one already? Not yet. I have not ordered that one yet. Oh, well, you uh, need to order it. Two Brew House episodes ago, we had Alex from uh, Star Wars Explained on, and we created a uh, Bigs Dark Lighter Imperial Defector Stout. Oh, so you have to order that one and the Zuvio one at yes, the same Yes, so time. those will be the next two. Okay. All right. Sounds and good. you will not like either of them. No, probably. I, I don't like any of them. I know. <laughs> Yay, beer. Yes. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. it for us. Yay. News? Yes. Uh, In a very important piece of news, Diana from our Patreon uh, exclusive Slack, uh, patreon.com slash Tashi Station, $1 gets you in on that, and you can submit news items and other things for us to discuss on the show. Uh, Diana posted a link to an article that moons can have moons, and they are called moon moons. I just love this so much. (laughs) For for a brief moment, Twitter was collectively happy to know (laughs) that that moons moons can can have have moons moons that are called called moon moon moons. Um, There was a um, there was a tweet going around Twitter. Uh, It was like me when I try world building and it was a link, link a link to the article 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a link to this this tweet. Uh, yeah. So apparently, um, I'm opening the article now. It's from New Scientist, uh, and it's like stars are orbited by planets, which are orbited by moons. But what comes next? More moons, according to a new analysis. Uh, Juna Kohlmeyer at Carnegie Observatories in Pasadena, California, and Sean Raymond at the University of Bordeaux, France, calculated whether a moon orbiting a planet could have a moon of its own. A moon of a moon has no formal name, perhaps because we have never spotted one, or bo- bo- but both sub-moon and moon-moon have been suggested. <laughs> Oh my god. Moon moon. Moon moon. Moon moon. I like sub moon as well. Like but like like there's planetoid. I think that's like what they're calling like Pluto and lo- like mm-hmm. hyperbill objects. So maybe moon moonoids? Moonoids? I don't know. Moon moon is just so delightful though. I know. Moon moon. <laughs> I need a put that in a book i can't stop saying it moon 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 good night moon moon (laughs) oh yes uh Uh, space travel still dangerous yeah so this is the not fun space topic that happened recently um when when was it it was was last saturday no it it? was october 11th it was your birthday oh that's right um so there are two astronauts um or an astronaut and a cosmonaut were um in uh, launching in the Russian Soyuz spacecraft to um, go to the International Space Station and become the new crew. But an issue happened with the Soyuz rocket a few minutes after liftoff, and it triggered an emergency landing. And I believe they called it a ballistic landing, which... Sounds horrifying. Sounds horrifying. Um, They both survived. Um... For those of you who don't know, the the Soyuz rockets anyway, all they always the Soyuz capsules land on the ground. They don't land in the water like the uh, Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo uh, capsules did, which always just seems like so dangerous. I and uh, but they they both survived, um, and I, I I'm not sure exactly what they said the failure was. But um, uh, one of the one of the boosters apparently did not unseat correctly, mm. and instead of falling back, uh-huh. shot forward. Oh, oh, that's that's sh- that's great. Uh, it's it's not a, not a problem. So yeah, the um the Soyuz had to separate from the booster and make an emergency landing back, which is so dangerous. Um, you know. It's incredible that they survived, um, and they were, you know, they they were walking around like right afterwards. I mean, I think that's the first abort of a Soyuz or any kind of launch in something like thirty, forty years. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it's I can't. There's definitely nothing that's happened in the U.S. space program where anything like that has happened. Um, you know, after the the Challenger accident, a lot of people were trying to determine whether the, um, you know, the flight deck of the orbiter could have separated from the rest of the shuttle and landed on its own. But the way it was built, I don't even know how that could have been possible. Um, 
but now that they're going back to more of a capsule design I'm imagining they're definitely going to be looking into this sort of thing. Well, like, they they definitely have already been testing um, abort uh, uh, abort systems with yeah. uh, what is it the Orion yeah. crew module? And they have. I mean, if you wa- if you look at the old like rockets, they always had the abort like tower. abort rocket on top of the capsule that was supposed to separate it in the event of a emergency. So, but yeah, it's. Um, it, it's very scary, and I'm very, very glad the the two, uh, the astronaut and cosmonaut survived. Well, and um, this also has It could some... have been horrible because, you know, obviously losing lives is always awful, but, you know, there's a lot of implications because right now the Soyuz is the only rocket going to the International Space Station with, uh, with crew on board. So, I mean, we don't know right now what this means for the crew status of uh, the International Space Station, um, because Soyuz obviously will be shut down as an investigation mm-hmm. goes on as to what happened. Yeah. Um, and this also just goes to show that uh, the manned space program, the uh, crewed space program's uh, reliance on just one crew vehicle and launch vehicle is not good. No. And it's not. The, the news doesn't get any better because um uh the Orion program is way behind schedule and is falling further behind schedule. There was a report out recently that said Boeing was um managing uh, managing this program badly and is way off the mark both both on time and cost overruns. Mm. So we're no closer to um Having a U.S.-based uh, launch or a crewed launch system, yeah, uh, than we were a couple of years ago, and that's a problem. Yeah, so they they have enough supplies. Um, the, the astronauts on board the space station right now they they receive supplies with unmanned mm-hmm. launches, so but that's not a problem. The problem, though, is how much longer can the Soyuz capsule that's docked up there stay up there? Yeah, so and they- they're running up against the window of how long that that vessel can stay there right so they they usually like so there's always a soyuz capsule docked with the space station no matter what it's considered the lifeboat for the station right so if anything happens they have to be able to get into it to get back home if anything happens to the space station um and if they are end up having to end their time up there if you know if too much time passes and they have no more soyuz craft launching that's their way home and then the station is uncrewed uncrewed which and that's depending on how long the event it goes um if the station is uncrewed for too long the station is essentially lost yeah which would be terrible because so i mean this could if the dominoes fall in a certain way, this could be the end of the International Space Station. Right. So they really need to figure out what the problem is, was with the rocket, you know, figure out all of that and then get launching again, because that's the only manned or crewed craft right now. And that's what people were, you know, talking about with ending the shuttle program you know, and not having a replacement right away, you know, you can't rely on just one sort of vehicle to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the U.S. contractors are nowhere close. 
Yeah. To and I mean, vehicle. after the Columbia accident, you know, the shuttle didn't launch for a year and a half. There were still people going to and from the space station because the Soyuz was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the kind of redundancy that is needed. But yeah, um, there's not been redundancy since the shuttle program. And the, ended. Soyuz, the Soyuz has been going on for like 50 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost 50 years. Um, so, yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's bad news. Yeah. So we definitely need to keep an eye and see what what happens in the future. But yeah, space travel still not routine, still extremely dangerous, and just you know, thank God the ash the two astronaut and cosmonaut are alive now. Yeah. Uh, space. It's hard. Yeah, it wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Cage canceled by Netflix following on the heels of Iron Fist being canceled by Netflix. Yeah. So what does this mean? (laughs) It probably means that Disney doesn't want uh, properties on other streaming services and are just letting things expire. Yeah, I know they had renewed. um, I think they they have another season of Jessica Jones coming out. Um, They think that one's in limbo because it lost its showrunner. I don't know. I saw. I read that it was. Um, I know Daredevil is about is is out now. I believe. Um, but so um, our friend Brandon tweeted a theory. He believes that they should, um, you know, that they're basically canceling Luke Cage and Iron Fist to replace them with Heroes for Hire and Daughters of the Dragon. Um, Those would be great properties. For the Disney streaming service, yeah, because the the idea that I've I've heard a lot of people say, and I I haven't watched these shows, so I I can't speak with any sort of authority, but just from listening to fans of them, they, um, you know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, they has have had team ups before, um, have worked really well in the comics, and I know they were, um. I can't remember who was on whose show, but they were both together on one of the shows. So um, it just seems like kind of a no brainer to do that um, as a way to get properties for the Disney service. Um, And then, you know, kind of end those Netflix shows very you know, quietly and quickly and then transition them to something else. Mm Because you don't want to, like, get rid of them completely because you've already done the work to establish the characters. You can just transition it to something new. Yeah. Makes sense. Easy enough. Yeah. Why not? I I mean, uh, no confirmation that that's what they're doing, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, with them announcing Iron Fist cancellation last week and now this week Luke Cage, it seems like, okay, they're they're doing something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're they're definitely up to something. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have some Star Wars news. Uh, very little Star Wars news because we talked about it all on Monday. We did, and there wasn't much that happened this week, Mm-mm. except uh, it was John Favreau's birthday. Happy birthday, John Favreau! And uh, he got a visit from uh, none other than George Lucas himself, the maker. Uh, visited the set of the Mandalorian, and apparently looked like he brought uh. It's a bottle of Skywalker wine. Aww. Which was nice. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a photo of him 
and George and Dave Filoni. I'm imagining they're filming the first episode because uh, they said Dave Filoni was going to do the first episode. So mm-hmm. uh, if you are on Instagram, follow John Favreau for some pictures. He also uh, posted a picture of him and Donald Glover and uh, recording for The Lion King. Ooh. So yeah, also a tiny kitten in a sink. Oh, his Instagram very, sounds delightful. Ah, uh, just adopted a new little pal on August 3rd. Oh. Oh, it's so cute. It's a cute little kitten. Aww. But yes, so... Um, Follow John Favreau's Instagram for set pictures and kittens. Yes. Oh, apparently there's also a picture of him with Scarlett Johansson at the Avengers Infinity War premiere. That's sweet. Aww. But yes, uh... That's very nice of, you know, George to go to the set. He looks concerned as always. I don't know if he it's has the, any other facial expression. That's the only expression he has. He's like, oh, hello, you're here. I'm taking a photo. Also, my phone is lit, so I'll just, you know, aim it down at this table. <laughs> okay, George. Uh, what do you think? That set looks like it looks like some sort of restaurant. Looks cantina y. It looks very cantina y. It does not look like the Moss Isaac cantina, but no, it looks doesn't look like Chillman's. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope we'll find out some more information soon. I just want to know who Taika Waititi's playing. <laughs> yeah. In addition to directing. Yeah. So, stay tuned. Please be a droid. Please be a droid. <laughs> yeah, right. Or an yeah. alien. Hey, man, I'm a droid. <laughs> Sure, that works. Uh, 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 where would you put an F-bomb in Revenge of the Sith, Nancy? Uh, so this was a thread that was going around Twitter. It was very amusing to see everyone's choices. And I'm going to remind you, we're back to our normal PG-13 rating this this show. I know. So uh, my first reaction was, because it, the, 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 it was posed as Revenge of the Sith is rated PG-13. So therefore it can, you know have one f-bomb where would you put it um my thought was if you don't do the whole look at all the f's i don't give anakin look at them all um meme then what are you even doing um that just is the logical one um what about you (sighs) (laughs) you don't know such a good one though i can't think of anything else because that's perfect yeah, there were there were some good ones. Um, uh, don't well, effing try it. Yeah, don't effing try it. <laughs> um, I like the whole. Uh, oh, so this is how Liberty dies with with effing applause. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, the the uh, instead of no, having it just be one long f word. Um, Obi Wan, hello there, Grievous. F. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes. Um, someone else used the same gif. Uh, Palpatine saying F the Senate. <laughs> uh. um, oh, not if anything to say about it, I effing have. <laughs> uh, C3PO going, what the F about having the mind, the, his mind wiped. Um, you underestimate my effing power. <laughs> um, I effing hate you. Has yeah. that one been said? I effing hate you. 
That's a good one. Oh, someone put this exact moment in a picture of Kiati Mundi right before the clone troopers start shooting at him. Because he has the worst F ex- the worst expression on his face. Like, oh no. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um then uh so I said, well, you know, the sequel trilogy is also PG thirteen rated. So I feel like the best option for an F-bomb in the sequel trilogy so far is Kylo Ren saying, you're nothing, but not to me. And Rey saying, F you, and just turning around and walking away. So good. <laughs> so good. Although, you know, Captain Canada had an F-bomb lined up. His right whole, I mean, like the whole look on his face as the ship's about to explode is really just him going... <laughs> like it's it's there it's right in his face Ugh. um i imagine luke said some f-bombs whenever ray was following him around um holdo probably said one right before she jumped to hyperspace or something um trying to think of who else would have said f-bombs i bet finn's had a bunch in there yeah I mean, right after he woke up. <laughs> what the what the f is this? Um, I'm trying to think of other good ones from the trilogy as a whole. Hmm. Oh, one of uh, Matt from our Slack said we could buy our own effing ship for that. <laughs> um. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean effing naked? <laughs> uh, hate effing leads to suffering. That's true. <laughs> you don't want to sell me effing, dex- effing, effing death sticks. See, Star Wars could just be spiced up with just the occasionally sprinkled F-bomb. I like this other one from John. Right now, I feel like I can take on the whole effing empire myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, it's an it's an effing trap. <laughs> uh, Rogue uh Rogue One uh Joshua has uh Rogue One. Are you effing kidding me? I'm blind. <laughs> uh, Solo, one hundred ninety years old. You look effing great. <laughs> That's good. Yes. All right. Shall we move on? We we can unless you can think of more f bombs. I'm sure I will later. <laughs> so uh, we have a discussion topic this week that came from Scott, one of our uh, Patreon backers. Yes, and we talked about this a while back. Like, I when when the first Grindle Crimes of Grindelwald trailer came out. So we've had this in our back pocket for a while. We just kept getting preempted by other stuff mm-hmm. happening. But we didn't have a lot to talk about this week, so we can talk about it now. And if there's relevancy of things that happened last week. Mm-hmm. Yay. So Scott asks, how can we, or should we, separate our love of a franchise from the assholes who create it or star in them? Ah, uh, yes. So this was, this was posed specifically because of the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. Um, I'm sure all of you... know the controversy surrounding it but just to summarize um i did not see the first uh fantastic beasts or redefine them um i probably would have until i found out that at the end of the movie you find out the bad guy 
who was played by Colin Farrell the whole time, is not really that character, but is in fact Gellert Grindelwald using Polyjuice Potion, who is played by Johnny Depp. So that movie, he's really just in the end of it, like a just a few seconds. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll watch that movie and just ignore the ending. But, you know, they, of course, made it a second one, and he's in it all over the place. You can't ignore it. Um, so there are people who have grown up with Harry Potter, who are huge fans of the franchise, and want to see everything and read everything that is related to it. Um, I'm a fan of Harry Potter. I didn't grow up with it, but I definitely am a fan of it. And I just can't go see these movies. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it. Um, Like, I have a no Johnny Depp policy for anything. Yeah. And that includes Harry Potter. And those of you who don't know, Johnny Depp was accused of domestic violence um you know there are people who are like well she lied she made it all up and blah 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 and it's like okay but you know i just don't care to support him uh and also like i think we talked about this on the show before but like regardless of all that like i just think he's terrible for the part like regardless of the whole I don't think he's a good person. Don't want to watch him for two hours. Like the first person I think of when I think Grindelwald is not, Oh, crazy zany actor famous for Jack Sparrow and all the other weird characters, Johnny Depp. Like I remember, didn't when they first started doing Harry Potter movies, like JK Rowling's whole thing was you can't cast American actors. Like, Mm -hmm. Am I am I misremembering that? No, I I distinctly remember that. Like no American, and that was the whole thing. It's like every British person, like who had any sort of like clout in Britain, was in Harry Potter at some point. And but now they're like, okay, we're gonna use Johnny Depp, like hugely famous actor, to be Grindelwald, and I just think it's a very big mistake casting wise it's a bad casting decision in vacuum and then you add that johnny depp is a terrible person yeah and it's like why do you want to watch that like he and and he's being a bad guy (laughs) he's like worse than voldemort and like no that's not i don't want to watch that at all um and it's sad because like i i really liked Harry Potter. I loved Harry Potter. I wanted to see more of the universe. Uh, Newt Scamander is like a precious Hufflepuff who I just want to hug and support him as the hero of his own story. And I can't do that. And it makes me angry. So yeah. Also then there's the whole Nagini thing. Oh my friggin' god. You guys talked about this on the last Kanji cast, right? We sure did. Uh, so yeah, apparently Nagini, the snake, uh, is a, was cursed and is a snake against her will and is actually an Asian woman. Yeah. Cause that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even like she's an animagus, like who willingly transforms into animals. It's like, she's, has some sort of blood curse and like 
knows that eventually she'll be the snake forever. And then, so she becomes Voldemort's pet and, like, then also a horcrux. And so we're supposed to, like, feel sorry for her and gain attachment to her and then cheer when Neville Longbottom pulls a sword out of the sorting hat and cuts off the snake's head. How does that work? It's... Uh, How does that work? It doesn't work. <laughs> and there's all it's sorts... bad writing. <laughs> there's all sorts of cultural appropriation-y bits that go along with this backstory that yeah. J.K. Rowling is just tone deaf about. Yeah. And isn't willing to learn any details or nuance about like jk rowling regard like even before they started making the fantastic boost movies has become problematic in her own right whereas she does not want to seem to learn anything like she on the on the surface she seems like an ally but it's very much of a sort of white feminist type of ally like mm -hmm. i am i am i am right i'm not going to listen to anyone who tells me that i'm wrong and try to learn and educate myself um you know i've you know seen things she's tweeted where it's like Ugh! and then like the whole uh thing with pottermore and all the the stuff about the, the native american native Amer the horrid Native American appropriation. Yeah, for the, the the North American magic schools and stuff and the houses and like I I don't know if they I don't know if they call that spirit animals, but it was very like a similar type of thing, which is stupid because like people now instead of saying, Oh, my spirit animal is blah blah blah, they'll say my patro that people have started saying my patronus instead because they don't want to, you know, culturally appropriate and know that that's a term that Native Americans don't like people using. So people have in instead started taking one of her terms, <laughs> you know. But now then she goes and does. Yeah. Other but she's things. she's demonstrated this complete lack of willingness to learn. Mm-hmm. And to handle other cultures with care. Right. And it shows up increasingly in her work, especially as she goes back and starts retconning yeah. previous stuff. Yeah. And you just want to be like, Jake, Joanne, stop. Just like stop doing Harry Potter stuff. Just let someone else do it. Um, and it's such a contrast to someone like Rick Riordan. Um, the author of the Percy Jackson and many other series. Yeah. Because he has started his own uh, book series called Rick Riordan Presents, mm -hmm. where he is publishing books that are uh, written by own voices authors. Yeah. So not only does he put in the academic rigor to learning, he is boosting the voices of people actually in those communities. Yeah. So he puts his money where his mouth is. And those books are, I think, I'm not sure how many have come out so far. I think maybe one or two. But they've debuted on list because it's Rick Riordan, his name behind it, and people trust him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, you know, he's done the work for his own series. And I remember 
um i think it was i think it was the term spirit animal that someone had um tweeted him and said that you know that the term isn't um you know that native americans prefer that people not use that term who aren't native american and he i think tweeted back and he was like oh um thank you for letting me know um it'll be changed in the next edition and he didn't like try to defend himself he didn't try to explain he was just like okay thank you um yes you're right we'll change it uh can contrast this with jk rowling who just doubles down yeah when someone says hey this isn't okay yeah it's like well i meant it to be cool i meant it to be like this and you're like well it doesn't matter like i i I understand the need to want to defend yourself because you feel especially if you feel badly about hurting people but like that's not the way to do it and it seems like she's very much like, well, I'm J.K. Rowling. I can do whatever I want. Um, and she can. People still go see her mov- the movies and everything. So, But um, that is definitely not the type of creator I want to be like or end up like. Um, you know, and that's why it kind of annoys me when people, like, crap on George Lucas. Because, like, he, like, he's awkward. <laughs> he's not that great of a director and a, and a writer. But, like... Dude, at least didn't go that route, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, you. We talked about this on last week, so we don't need to go and do it again. But we talked about it in the Slack group with the whole like Marvel issue now, um, with Chuck Wendy getting fired. A lot of people are not comfortable buying Marvel comics anymore or talking about Marvel comics. Um, we yeah. made we made the decision to not cover it on the blog, but um, you know, I I tweeted you know, and we said on the show it's a personal decision what people want to do as far as if they're going to continue supporting Marvel comics. Um, and you said you're you you stopped subscribing to several of them, but kept buying afra and miss marvel because you felt it was important to keep supporting those particular Mm -hmm. comics like i and chuck uh, we mentioned this on the show last week but chuck even went as far and said hey i i know that uh, you might be angry about this but i'd implore you to remember that there are marginalized people still working at marvel yeah and to take care with whatever your response may be. Right. The same thing what happened um, a few weeks ago. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but um, after the whole um, uh, Rachel Christine Blasey Ford hearing um, mm-hmm. Rachel Butera, who was voicing Leia in Star Wars Resistance, posted a very insensitive video of her mocking uh dr ford's testimony and people were really offended by it um and rightly yeah and she ended up uh you know putting some sort of half-assed apology out there and deleting the video but um people were really angry about it and want leia to be recast because it's such an important role and you know the the people who play leia it's sort of like they're held up to a higher standard because of the character and also because of Carrie Fisher. Um, and I mean, when I heard her in the trailer, I thought, Oh wow, she does a really good voice or does a really good job of, you know, doing Leia's voice. But now 
whenever I hear it, all I'm going to be thinking about is that video and how stupid that she was. She literally milkshake ducked herself as that trailer came out. <laughs> yeah. It like, was like 30 seconds later. Right. It was that day when that trailer came out. Uh-huh. So at, like everyone was like, oh my God, that's such a good job. And then her doing this. like I regret to inform you. Yeah. Like... What are you thinking? And people were really angry and they're like, well, I'm not going to watch Resistance. And I, you were, you tweeted a I, thread I had about a moderately it. viral thread about yeah. it mm-hmm. uh, in which I said, I am also really angry about this. Uh-huh. I believe that that role needs to be recast mm-hmm. immediately. I don't know if with the production realities, if that can be done this season. Right. Um. But I am not going to boycott this show because I feel this show is doing some very important things with marginalized representation. And that is something I personally feel I need to support. And this brings come uh, is a good segue to a question um, that I I always think of when I think of this sort this topic is, is there a difference when it comes to the type of media you're thinking about i think there does um there there is because with a book it's a lone individual with uh music it can often be lone individuals Mm -hmm. with movies and television there's a lot of people involved and to be fair with books there are a lot more people involved in the process but but the the author is the the main the main person behind behind what's happening you yeah. know you they're the name on the book they're the name on the book they're the one that were, came up with the plot the characters yeah the story I mean, beats they're, they're you know there's the agent and the author and the editors and whatever but like boycotting a book is not necessarily i mean it can affect the publishing company like and that's why people do it but they're also publishing other books there there have been instances where i've seen people want to boycott an entire publishing company like when um uh, i think it was simon and schuster was publishing my one of their subs- one of their subsidiaries Minneapolis's yeah. book and people were saying listen if that's what you want to do okay but realize realize it's one subsidiary and if you boycott simon and schuster as a whole here is this other subsidiary they have mm-hmm. that is entirely devoted to marginalized voices. Right. So it gets into the same issues. You know, you have to make that decision for yourself. Um, there are there are authors and, you know, individuals who I just won't read anymore or won't won't support. And most of them, granted, are people I would not read their books anyway. But pretty much anyone who's involved in the sad puppy movement i will never want to read their books or anything they're involved in um unfortunately another person is someone whose books have affected me a lot and that's orson scott card orson scott card is objectively a terrible human being and he is a homophobe he is a racist he is a misogynist and yeah he, he is awful and he also wrote uh, two of the greatest science fiction books, Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead. And Speaker for the Dead in particular. Speaker for the Dead is all about empathy and mm-hmm. and learning not to fear 
those we don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he wrote it as a satire and accidentally fell ass backwards into writing an, an incredibly compelling, important book. Right. But it is. Yeah, like I read Ender's Game for the first time in my 20s. I really liked it. And then I read Speaker for the Dead and it just blew me away. And I haven't read them. I, I might have reread them once, but like I don't go back and read them because partially... I don't want to have my feelings about Orson Scott Card ruin my feelings about these books, you know? Um, and the Ender's Game movie came out, um, I think it was before you moved here. No, we, I saw it with you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. But it, people were, were um, you know, debating whether or not to go see Ender's Game. Um, and that was one of the things where I was saying that they're, the, the people who are involved in making the movie need the support Mm -hmm. like you know orson's got card isn't getting a lot of money out of this deal um of course the film wasn't that great and it wound up taking care of itself yeah but you know it's sort of you know that that issue if if they decide to you know make a movie of some you know a book that every you know is a classic but the author is extremely problematic i mean there's in sci-fi especially, there's so many of them. I like, mean, you're going to do any Heinlein or Asimov or yeah. any of the science fiction I mean, canon. I Asimov himself isn't, like, super problematic. Like, I'm, I but know there's But stuff he story- wrote was a product of his times. Yeah. And- but, like, you know, it's it's always hard when you're looking at, like, books that you read as a child that have, you know, you know, formed or were super formed... Uh, like what's the word i'm looking for formative yes thank you super formative and then realizing oh that person is kind of a of a dick <laughs> and that's i mean that's one of the negative things about social media now is learning oh so and so's a dick <laughs> and what do i do when i loved their stuff as a as a child or growing up and it meant a lot to me like for example, we just had a milkshake duck moment this morning. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you go talk about that because I was going to talk about something else. So <laughs> uh, Philip Pullman, author of the His Dark Materials trilogy, which was a super formative set of books for me, ones that I hold very near and dear, mm-hmm. apparently is kind of a transphobe. Mm-hmm. And, and even if he's not, he did the whole like bad faith. I uh, just have a question or you're like, do we really need to do that? <laughs> I I just have a question about the trans debate. Is doesn't it seem like it's hard to follow? No, it's not hard to follow. There trans, is no there debate. There is no debate. <laughs> trans trans people just want people. to live. Yep. And not be forced to conform to your weirdly rigid views on things. Mm-hmm. There is no debate and frame it as such. And trying to be this impartial middle ground is such an old white guy thing to do, but... Yeah. Yeah. Philip Pullman's apparently a transphobe. Yeah. And... And aren't they making new movies? They are. And you know who's starring in it? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that'll go over well. Mm Mm-hmm. So, do you boycott this because Philip Pullman's a transphobe? Yeah. Or do you watch it because you also have people like Lin-Manuel Miranda involved who... Lin-Manuel Miranda does all sorts of wonderful, great things in the community. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the easy answer here is people need to just stop sucking. Yeah, right. It's too much to ask, apparently. So I, like, I have said before, if anything ever came out, like, some scandal involving Mark Hamill, I don't know what I would do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I... Like, I, I've heard stories about him before where people have had bad experiences with him, whatever. And, like, I just, I, I always kind of chalk that up to, like, you know, just stress, being at a convention, whatever. Like, and there are some things that he's tweeted where I'm just kind of like, what are you doing, Mark? What are you doing? But, you know, it's kind of like the whole, there, there, everyone's allowed to be dumb sometimes. But, like... I mean, there are certain people... Who are aggressively bad. Yeah, and, like, there are certain things where if, if someone came out, like, Mark Hamill, you know, George Lucas, uh, Tim Zahn, of course I'm thinking all, like, men, I'd be like, I, I, I don't know what to think anymore because you, you, all of the things that you people have done mean so much to me and now... Can I can I still like that thing? And I think the answer is yes, you can still like that thing. But it's a very whether you continue. Mm-hmm. Like the th- the thing that I always think of is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um Buffy and I are the exact same age. Buffy came season 1 started when I was 16, I think. Um and uh my sophomore year of high school we were we were like she is literally a few weeks older than me on according to what the show is so i went through high school with buffy i went through college with buffy um it wasn't like my favorite show but i feel a very strong connection to it just because of that and like one of my friends it's like one of her favorite shows ever and you know finding out joss whedon it's kind of a dick um kind of understating (laughs) it but like i you know and now like when people talk about buffy they'll say oh you know yeah joss whedon blah 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 he's an asshole uh you know it's not that feminist anymore and i'm like okay however when I was 16 years old and 17 years old, it nothing, was hugely feminist. Nothing like it existed. It was hugely feminist and then a ton to people. And yeah, like I don't re- not gonna don't want to support stuff Joss Whedon does anymore, but I'm not gonna just erase that show from existence. Um and when there was the uh announcement that they were gonna do another they were going to do a Buffy reboot. People were pissed about that because of Joss Whedon's history, but also like the whole, uh, don't reboot stuff. And meanwhile, I was like, the showrunner is a black woman. And yes, give this to me. And it's going to star a black slayer. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I, why is this bad? And people were angry because they thought it was going to be like a reboot reboot. Um, but instead it's, I think it's going to be just like a different slayer. Which I, that's the impression I got. Yeah, that's the impression I got. My whole thing is like, that's the way to take stuff that's problematic now looking back and make it better. Take it and transform it. That's what we love about the new Star Wars. We love (laughs) The Force Awakens so much. Exactly. And, but it is a very individual line. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like, you know, was 
so-and-so wasn't an asshole when they made it, so you still enjoy it. Like, that's kind of how I feel about Harry Potter. Like, I mean, J.K. Rowling might have been the same person then. For we knew they were assholes then, we just weren't aware of it. Right. And it's really hard to say, I'm not going to enjoy this thing anymore. Um, Now, your enjoyment might be affected just anyway, but... Yeah, you may ret- your feelings about it may retroactively change, and that's yeah human nature. And um, I, I do wonder, like, is there some? Obviously, it's an individual thing. Is there some sort of universal nope barrier? Well, I mean, there's there's of course going to be some moral event horizon where, we, we, yeah. if crossed, it's like yeah, I can't. I f- like the Naked Gun movies are hilarious but like every time i see like something with the naked gun and oj simpsons in it i just kind of go but again when those movies were made like he was just former football player oj simpson not murderer (laughs) um joshua asked a question one of our new patrons uh which i thought was a really good question how do you navigate being a fan of something that has an earned reputation for having a toxic fan community. So here's where I am on this one. Um, you do not have to engage with the fandom mm-hmm. to be a fan of something. Um, you can be a fan of something and denounce the bad parts of fandom. These aren't mutually exclusive things, uh, especially if it's something that is doing good things for representation in marginalized communities. If it's... Um, doing good things with uh with just uh representation and storytelling in general it's in that case yeah it's be a fan of that there's nothing wrong with that i mean you you have this not problem but this is how you pretty much exist with video games oh yeah like you haven't considered yourself a gamer for about a a decade yeah uh because i really have a problem with the video game community yeah i think there's a lot of toxicity in there i think there's a whole lot of misogyny and racism and homophobia that's rampant in the gaming community um i still play games though i still buy games i support developers who i think are doing good things with storytelling Mm -hmm. and doing good things with uh representation in the gaming or uh in the gaming industry um but i don't engage with the community at all yeah. And the same, I think, kind of like with sports, you know, you you are a big fan of various sports and sometimes their fans, also the people that play the sports are not the greatest. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, how do you deal with that as far as I'm it's a conscious choice of where I engage mm-hmm. and who I engage with. Um, I have voice displeasure when uh, teams I follow sign players who are not great um, and not great from a personal standpoint. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, when it comes to sports, I don't engage in fandom, really. Mm -hmm. I... I have a sports Twitter account, which pretty much I just use to follow news. Yeah. And there's just no engagement there. And as far as, like, with a fandom as big as Star Wars, like, it's it's very easy to find your your specific group in Star Wars fandom. Um, and not to toot our own horns, but 
people have said like they joined our Patreon and, you know, because specifically they were tired of groups where there's, you know, homophobia and racism and sexism and et cetera, et cetera, and want a place where they know they won't that they won't find that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely harder these days to find those spaces in the age of social media. I mean, it's a thing I miss about message boards. Ugh, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, as far as being a fan of something that has a toxic fan community, I it's an individual thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if that thing you're a fan of is actively encouraging the this toxicity, then you may want to reevaluate your relationship. Yeah. With that then thing. it's like. Maybe like, I want to go somewhere else. Like there are certain video game developers who have bought in hook, line, and sinker to Gamergate. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm not buying any of your stuff ever again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy from another developer. Yep. And But that's kind of the thing you have to do is, um, I, and again, this is just for me, uh, if the toxic element of fandom just, you can't be a fan of something with that, that is yeah. totally 100% okay. But if you're wondering, is it okay to support something that has a toxic fandom case by case. Yeah. Uh, if, but, uh, it's important to look at the actions of the, o- the owner of that or the owner of that thing you're yeah. a fan of. And that's why, like, I appreciate when like the people who are making star Wars will speak out against, you know, the, the toxicity and the, the harassment, you know, and why, why people like, you know, J.J. Abrams saying stuff about the harassment Kelly Marie Tran faced and Ryan Johnson and like that's important because it needs to be said from the top down. Um, you know the the fan the fans need to speak out against it, but the the people involved do as well. Uh, for me, like I am, you know, like I follow publishing and you know writing and writers and like for me, like. I, it's really easy to find books that are like relevant to your interests. So like for me, if I find an author that is a jerk, it's like, okay, my to read list is like a thousand feet long. <laughs> so if I miss out on so-and-so's books because they're a racist, well, I have other books. It gets a little more difficult when it's someone I've liked for a long time. Like, Scalzi, I really love his book. His books. Uh, if he did something really awful, I'd be like, I don't want to stop reading your books, but I can go read someone else's books. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, here we're talking, we're back to the personal line. Yeah. Where what is the line? I can't tell you what the line is. The line is different for every person. Yes. Um, Obviously, I'm not doing a blanket boycott of Marvel because it's important to me to back marginalized creators that Marvel mm-hmm. employs. Yeah. Um, for someone else, uh, that line may have been crossed and you can't you can't support anything there. That is fine. Yeah. Because your experiences are different than my experiences. Yeah. And your experience may inform your choices differently than mine do. Um, but ultimately, it's something you have to you have to come to a conclusion of yourself and it's really important that we take care when we judge others for what those lines are because you don't know what 
someone else has experienced yeah. that has their line drawn somewhere apart from yours. And I see this on for social media a lot, and it really makes me angry when you see someone talking about something they are enjoying and someone will respond like, well, do you know that so-and-so is a, you know, said this or that and blah, blah, blah. Like, and like the person might know all of that and have gone through some sort of internal questioning over whether to support that thing. And you're just making them feel bad about it. <laughs> so like, don't jump into people's mentions and her, you know, harass them for enjoying something that's problematic like i i am i don't want anyone to jump into my mentions for still buying ms marvel right because i have very firm reasons for doing so and you would never jump into someone's mentions and say well you're buying every single marvel you haven't like you haven't cut back on your subscription list like you're not doing anything about it because that's their decision and mm -hmm. they might be doing something else completely that you don't know about because mm -hmm. it's social media and you don't know what everyone's doing yeah i don't tell you everything that's going through my head on social media oh, or and, everything that you're doing yeah and i mean it's up to you to find your line but just please take care when judging other people for their lines yep and we're all in this together yeah, everyone is feeling the everyone's feeling this out on their own. Um, like uh, obviously, if you're still backing someone like Ethan Van Skyver, I <laughs> I don't think you can justify I think it. That's, but... I think that's the universal note barrier right yeah. there, <laughs> at least as far as you know our like-minded individuals are uh -huh. concerned. Yeah, <laughs> if you go full. Full racist, full comics gate, full gamer gate. Eh, see you yeah. later. <laughs> I mean, boycotts can be effective. Mm -hmm. Boycotts can also trap other people in the crossfire who maybe shouldn't be in it. Yeah. It, there's no easy answer. Uh, and seek out advice if you want. Like, if you're thinking, should I boycott Marvel? Talk to some marginalized comic readers. And get their thoughts. Um, Read threads from marginalized writers. Yes, absolutely. Um, see if there's other ways that you can support those writers. Mm -hmm. um, buy other books of theirs or other things that they put out. Yeah. Um, but it, this takes research on your part. And there's really no way around it. So how do you deal with your problematic faves? It's on a case-by-case -case basis each time. And it's going to require a lot of soul searching and a lot of thought and a lot of research on your part. Yep. There's no way around it. Yes. Shall we uh, wrap up there? Yes. All right. Hey, uh, Scott, thank you for this question. Um, yeah. It was a great discussion topic. I'm glad we finally got to it. And for um, everyone else who participated in the Slack discussion. Absolutely. And hey, if you want to give us <laughs> uh, discussion topics to talk about on this show or any of our other shows... Patreon.com slash Tashi Station, one dollar mm -hmm. level gets you into the pa to the Patreon exclusive Slack. Yep. Where we have these discussions. We have we have many Slacks. We have Slacks channels for books, for Star Wars books, for Legends books, for writing, for um pets, Mass Effects, all of our shows. Yep. 
It's a good time. And basically, if someone wants a channel, they'll say, hey, Brian, can you make a channel? Like, and for example, we will probably have a celebration channel in a few months. So. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, yeah. So thanks for the question. Uh, we're always looking for new discussion topics uh, just because we'll run out of things to talk about ourselves if we don't get some input. They don't give us a crap ton of news every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, this episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. You can find us on Twitter with the handle Tashi Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. You can find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.